Welcome to The Mountain Gardener with your host, Ken Lane. Gardening can be challenging, but with Ken's tips, tricks, and local advice, you'll reap huge rewards. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. And welcome to this week's edition of The Mountain Gardener. Your host every week, Ken Lane, talking about the landscapes of northern Arizona. And it's finally winter, what what has been... uh, fall forever. That's the beautiful thing about the mountains of Arizona. The fall and autumn season is just so long. I mean, it just takes forever for us to finally get our folks. And I've got friends up in in the Michigan, Wisconsin area. It's just bitter cold. Even uh, um, the the Northwest, I've got friends up there going, it's raining. It's not nice. It's terrible up here. I'm tired of it already. I want to come down to Arizona. We're just yeah, it got the temperature dropped. Still bright days, did pretty good. It just it's taken us so long to finally get to winter. Of course, when is winter? The 20th, 21st, I think, of this month is officially winter. And so I guess we are right there one week away from actual winter. Uh, but that's kind of what you want for the holidays. Uh, your landscapes, my landscapes were confused. I was putting up Christmas lights and kind of decorating outside, getting ready for the holidays. And I had pruned back uh, the iris. We've got this beautiful iris, uh, um, ivy, uh, English ivy. I've got it on this structure, a big pot. It's got a a triple pom-pommed structure that this vining English ivy grows up into. And it gets overgrown sometimes. And I wanted to put lights on there and make it look decorated and little Christmas balls and bows and just just doll it up so the gardens look well pretty when you come to the front door. I cleaned this thing up, got it all set, and it's been so warm, it's starting to put on new growth. Ivy should not be growing <laughs> this time of year. We've got a little bit farther down that same wall. In a container again, we've got a five-leaf akebia. It's another evergreen vine. It grows up, and then it grows around this beautiful uh, iron mirror that's hanging on the wall. So it has has this depth to it out in the gardens. It just gives it this real mysterious, fun, fun look. I had pruned that back because it gets overgrown coming through summer, early early autumn. It was getting overgrown. I had pruned it back. It started to f- form new leaves. It's been so warm. Well, that's all. Of, that's officially over now. So now we are winter. That the, the the metabolism of the plants will slow down. It doesn't stop. It just slows it down. And then every night it's going to go down well below freezing. So we've been down in the twenties pretty regularly this week, or the last few days. And so that'll slow things down pretty quick. Um, and so it'll stop growing, which is good. So I might give my ivy and akebia a another quick haircut just to keep that shape and that form to it because I want it to show off the Christmas balls and the bows. I want it to look, I don't know, decorative. I want it to look designer-esque. And so overgrown, having new tendrils falling out. I mean, that's it's okay. Some of my grasses, though, they have officially, they're done. And so my ornamental grasses, these are perennial big, I'm not talking lawn or turf. I'm talking about pretty decorative like shrub grasses. These are called ornamental grasses. Uh, Pampas grass is the most famous. It still looks really good. Don't feel like you need to rush to prune back your ornamental things in the yard. 
I know some of them are starting to turn brown because the cold kind of makes them get this straw autumn color to it. My pampas grass looks green as ever. It looks fabulous. I'll let winter tell me when it's time to prune those back. So the pampas grass looks great and it will probably look fantastic through sometime in January when we get a heavy snow and some rain and ice, it'll start to load up on those big feathery kind of grass structures and it'll start to lay over and go, oh, you, you don't look so good. That's my cue. You're going down to the ground. Some of my other things like the bunny grasses, the, the fescues, your, your coral foresters, some of these shorter grasses, they're kind of done. The plumes are gone. And now they just, they're starting to get kind of a, a mangy look. Those are starting to be cut back. And so I don't just prune everything all at once. I kind of take go out when I want to get some fresh air. I'll get the pruners and I'm basically putzing around in the gardens just to touch some plants and get a kind of remember what gardening was a month and a half ago. Now we're down into just maintenance and pruning and just maintaining things. And so now I'll cut back a few things every once in a while. The, the, the bunny grasses are being cut back now. Don't feel rushed. It doesn't matter if you cut them back now. I, it, usually the best time to plant the, to, to prune those is after the new year through March. So you got that window, January, February, first part of March is kind of the ideal window uh, for, for pruning most things. But... If you're bringing my gardens down and I want to show off uh, some other things that look really good, my evergreens, I don't want this mangy looking grass next to my beautiful spruce tree to bring it down. I want to show off the evergreens, so I'll cut that thing back. And most of your grasses go down to ankle level or even lower, so they're like a true perennial. They're hibernating underground. The, the, the live root structure of that plant is hibernating, sleeping underground, resting, and it will come back fresh with a vengeance, usually starting in March, April, starts to, start to erupt from the ground. You have this fresh new, new grass coming up. So, But if it looks bad, go ahead and cut it back. Same thing with, and several questions came in this week to the garden center about their yuccas, uh, what was the other one, uh, um, bear grass, agaves, these uh, grass-looking type things, but they've had these big white flowers or red flowers, these flower stalks. What do you do with the flower stalks? What do you do with a, an evergreen yucca that has these flower stalks? When do I prune them back? How far do I go? Um, you, you just take those old flower stalks, you go back as far as you can reach into a yucca or an agave, and they're kind of sharp, so you got to be a little careful, wear gloves. And it doesn't matter, really, there's no science to how far back, really you're just cleaning it up so it looks better for you to look at from a distance. So just take that old flower stalk, sometimes I'll have little seed pods on the end of the flower stalks, like a red yucca, some of your banana yuccas, so just cut back that flower stalk and leave the evergreen structure, that grassy, leafy structure of your, these are desert looking uh, yuccas, agaves, bear grass. They're all sort of the same, kind of the same ilk. You leave the main structure of the body of the plant up and in full sun, and then the flowers you just cut back. That's it. Same with Joshua trees. A Joshua tree or a soap tree yucca, these are the ones with the great big trunks on them. Then you'll have this yucca type foliage up top, about head high or so. 
They're the same way. They're just a great big old yucca that form a trunk. They've just grown. They grow in layers. They just get taller and taller. And they can bloom on top of that structure when they're old enough. Just take the flower off. That's all you do. You, you don't overthink it. Sometimes you can clean up the... Um, the bottom foliage, if you get an old overgrown one, it can have uh, dead foliage or uh, leaves coming off the very bottom. You can reach in, kind of be careful, they're sharp, and then clean those off. Usually a good pair of scissors or, or pruners will cut those right off. If it's really old, you can almost peel them off. But leave the green parts of that plant intact. Don't feel like you have to cut it off. So grasses, though, are totally different. They're completely brown right now. They got this straw color. And as I like that look, the shape, as long as the shape looks good, the plumes stay on, I won't prune it back. I'll leave it going, well, at least it's something to look at in the gardens. I'll kind of keep it intact there. But once it starts laying down, uh, and, and it's just, you can tell it's, the sex appeal is kind of over. I'm going, okay, that's it. You get the lawnmower. I'm taking the head shears to you. We are going back to the ground with you. Pampas grass is the biggest one. Those are bigger than you and I. You know, they're big, taller than head tall, but they still look really good. I would enjoy those. Yes, if your team of landscapers are coming in to prone up the yard, you could have them do it right now. It'd be fine. It wouldn't hurt the health of the, the plant, but visually it would hurt you just what you're seeing. So enjoy it for as long as you can. But eventually the snows and the rains of winter are going to come in and it'll start to lay over and it, looks, it loses its luster. Go ahead and prune it back then. Got a lot in store for you. I've got Lisa Watersling coming in with your garden questions right after this. Be right back. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane, owner of Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Join him every week for timely garden advice right for the gardens. Visit Ken where he can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Hi, Lisa with the Plants of the Week and our Prescott Alberta Spruce. This perfectly shaped tree displays dense green needles which are as soft as a teddy bear. The perfect front yard Christmas tree for holiday lighting and oh, so beautiful when matched in pairs at the front door. Hand-grown, these are perfectly shaped and sized for home accents and just $69. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. Where people who love twinkly little Christmas trees, they love to shop. The holidays are here in Arizona's Christmas City, bringing family closer and those chilly winter winds. While you're decorating the outside, don't forget to brighten up the inside with exotic Christmas plants from Waters. Beautiful Christmas cactus and poinsettia are coming to town, grown exclusively by Waters in colors you won't find anywhere else. Unique, vibrant, and guaranteed to warm even the dreariest winter day. Check your list twice for exotic Christmas plants at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. You've been listening to Ken Lane, the Mountain Gardener. Green thumbs learned while working in the Family Garden Center. Now welcome back to the Mountain Gardener. All right, we are back with Lisa Waters Lane in the studio. She comes in each week. Hello, my dear. Hello. So to answer your, to question, to question you. <laughs> To, I always question <laughs> to reveal <laughs> garden questions that folks are talking about your neighbors, that kind of stuff. So that's mm -hmm. what this whole segment's about. 10 minutes of what's everyone talking about. Are they even talking about anything, but the storm eggnog and, and uh, what, what uh, black Friday thing they're going to buy. 
Are you done Christmas shopping? I am. I got you done back in like October. Man, I saw it and I went, oh, that's Lisa. And I heard things are going to be in short supply. So I just went, I'm not waiting. I'm buying it. You're cool. done. You're going to love it. Morton things are done then. We're good. <laughs> what about me, my dear? I have you done. I have Really? You, yes. And you will like it. So how? why? Because it's something you enjoy. Oh, okay. I like it. So <laughs> it's not golfing. No, because you Maybe gardening. Could be boating. Could be side-by-side -side razor rides mm. up uh, You'll just have Spruce to Mountain. Cogitate upon I that. want to know. Where's it? Is it in the house? Where is it? It is in the house. Yeah. But good luck finding it. I like, I like waiting for it. I don't have this angst. I just love Christmas morning. That's true. So... Um, Let's yeah. go into questions, questions, I guess. Let's just go right there. <laughs> okay. Brain fart. There you go. So Ross is planning on getting a live Christmas tree this year. He can't plant it right away because the new house isn't yeah. ready. <laughs> We've heard that, yeah. So his question is, how long can it stay in that container, that pot? And if you keep it in the pot, how often are you watering? Good. Those are good questions. So don't feel like you're in a rush. It we will have living trees, evergreens, spruce trees, pines, firs, lots of the evergreens that grow local here at the garden center through winter. And we brought them in, I don't know, two, three months ago so that they would acclimate. So they're used to our climate. They go, they slowly go to sleep and they get to this stasis stage and they'll slowly wake up for spring. And we need to buy enough of them to get through winter because one, you, you can't bring them in in the middle of winter and it's 12 degrees out. They don't like that. They're not acclimated. So you want to make sure they're acclimated. So we buy quite a few of them and they'll be out there. What will happen is that plant will be perfectly fine until April or May and it'll start to root. It'll start to grow and it'll still be fine probably until next summer. So you got, don't feel rushed. And then, uh, you, then eventually you'll need to, to put it in the ground, of course, or upsize it in a container. Just get it more soil. You'll be fine. Now, his real question was, how often, how should I care for it mm -hmm. while it's in that pot? Well, Ross, here's what you do. Um, you're going to water it once a week. That's about what we do here, right? Mm -hmm. Sound about right? Water it until water starts seeping out those, those pores in the bottom of the pot. So it'll be kind of messy. Just keep watering it. Deep soak it once a week. And you're perfectly fine. If you see it's going to be real cold, so it turns from it's 40, 50 degrees in January, and all of a sudden it goes, there's a storm coming. It's going to be cold. We water them mm -hmm. before the cold gets here because a hydrated plant takes, down, takes on that cold mm -hmm. much better. And then secondly, if we get a heavy snow or something, if it's outwards exposed, um, sweep that snow, the weight, the bulk of the weight off. Mm -hmm of that plant and it'll be fine. I would say in the ground or in, in the pot, mm -hmm. just kind of lightly sweep that, uh, that's the weight off or it tends to weight down the branches. Then it freezes at night and it kind of freezes in place. <laughs> makes them look weird. So, I mean, things are in the yard when they're planted, generally you stake mm -hmm. them. Right. So it's not a problem, but in containers, mm -hmm. it's a little different. So here mm -hmm. at the garden center, I mean, if it's snowing out the next morning, guaranteed, I don't care how cold it is, it'll be, 11 degrees out. We are here in the morning sweeping all of the evergreens, the, the snow off, no matter what, to keep them looking perfect, that perfect. Mm -hmm. It's not the cold that gets it. It's the weight of all that snow on there gets it to, to, to 
looks kind of a, like a weeping tree or something. Right. So I, there are some insider tips for mm -hmm. you. Don't feel pressured, Ross. You're fine. Enjoy the holidays. Take it outside. Enjoy it out. It'd rather be outside than inside. Don't. As I say, don't leave yeah, it inside yeah. the whole time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't do that. That they'll dry you out. You will have the, a dead tree. Yeah. yeah. So, all right. Next question is from Lori. She says, "Oops, I accidentally left an aloe and a few succulents Oops. out. <laughs> now they're discolored and mushy. Yeah. Any chance of them coming back? Yes, as compost. <laughs> so, Lori, you." That's called a fumble. You know, you <laughs> lost it. The team, the opposing team's got the ball and they ain't coming back. So, but it's not all over. I mean, it's just it, the roots, those are tropical plants. They don't like to go below 40, 50 degrees. And they went down to, you know, 19, 25 degrees this week. Yeah. And they're not coming back. Now, if they're discolored, that's different. The mushy piece, they turn into this black gelatin thing. Mm -hmm. Th those are gone. And even if they do come back, it'll be, so slow and so painful to watch. You just don't want to watch that as a, as a gardener. Just throw it away. Mm -hmm. Throw it to compost. Start fresh. We've got new aloes. They just showed up. You're fine. We'll get you another one. And But bring them in before they freeze like that. And that's, I'm surprised it lasts this long. Usually by well, the end of October. Really yeah. We've had an unusually warm fall <laughs> and early part of the winter season yeah so i still have petunias growing Can out you front. believe it that's crazy i couldn't believe it. i was outside the other day and looking under our eliagnus in the front of the house and i'm like what is pink under there i went to look and it was petunias Beautiful. they're tough plants <laughs> calipricoa yeah alyssum those are all really I mean, our tough. lantana was still going up yeah. until yeah. this week so crazy yeah well our next question is from jay he says all the leaves have finally fallen off of his tree okay his question is He's trying to get off easy, I think. He wants to know, <laughs> can he just leave them and kind of treat it like mulch <sighs> until next spring? Or really, should he clean them up? Yeah, uh, you know, you should clean them up. I, so, okay, nature, this is how nature does it. The leaves fall, they just let them go. Birds will peck through them. If you had any disease or bugs, mm -hmm. get rid of those things. So leaf spots, um, there was a glossening thing. Uh, um, sap, anything weird, clean them up, get them off there. Because mm -hmm. that'll carry over to the to next spring's growth. If, if all was fine, you're all good, and, and it's not going to suffocate things underneath it, I guess you could leave it. Uh, there is some, some justification to mulching or chopping up some of those leaves. So what mm -hmm. we do is we take our lawnmower over top of those, kind of chop them up. And then we do, we do use the leaves, chopped mm -hmm. up leaves, around uh, some of the shrubs in the back. I like it for the birds to peck around in there. Mm -hmm. They do compost and create gold, you know, just like garden gold, uh, composted leaves. Mm -hmm. But we're more definitive about it. We're being very purposeful about how we're composting. If you just want to let them go, I guess you can let nature take over. But then when do you prune? All this other stuff. So, Jay, you have permission to leave them. But you make the call. If disease comes back on your tree next spring, it's not our fault. You should have cleaned them up. Yeah, I would say definitely anything that showed any disease on it. But what about um, leave them like if they're on your lawns or? Oh, no, take them out. Flower beds. Get all that stuff off of there because it'll suffocate. and It, it affects. Uh, it'll turn your leaves. It, it allows them to turn mushy, really. Mm -hmm. They start to rot. Some things happen as... Also, as leaves compost, they, they sometimes release, depending on what it is, uh, tannins or, or 
sometimes strychnine, arsenic, all kinds of weird stuff they throw <laughs> off there to taint the soil underneath them so that they are defending their, their, turf. their turf so they can affect the plants underneath them. Mm -hmm. It's better to compost those out and put them in a pile or put them on a bed someplace where they can do their thing out there. And then chopping them up does help them compost faster mm -hmm. uh, and healthier for the plants. Right. I'd say it's, if you have to ask the question, probably, you should probably be raking those up. Yeah. That is true. Yeah. Get out in your yard. You can do a little cleaning up still. It's I know quiet. a lot of people were waiting for all the leaves to fall. Yeah. And the weather was so nice. They're like, eh, you know, don't really need to do much. But now you can go through and pull the dead stuff out of the pots and yeah. clean up your leaves and kind of spruce it up for winter, wouldn't you think? I think that's a great idea. My dear, we are out of time. Always a pleasure spending time behind a microphone with my favorite gal. We'll be right back after this. You've tuned in to The Mountain Gardeners with Ken and Lisa Watersling. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to Ken Lane, a.k.a. The Mountain Gardener. Ken can be found throughout the week in Prescott at Waters Garden Center. Listen each week as he answers timely garden questions unique to mountain gardens. Hi, Lisa with the plants of the week and our Goshiki Holly. Goshiki translates from Japanese as holly with five colors. Its new leaves emerge red, then turn green. The entire top of this holly is draped in colors of cream, white, gray, yellow, and green. This evergreen makes the perfect accent, hedge, or evergreen container for its all-round good looks. A really nice plant that shines through winter is just $39. Waters Garden Center, where people who love Japanese gardens, they love to shop. Hi, Ken here with the Plants of the Week and our Blue Diamond Spruce. The rock star of the evergreen world, it glows silver blue as it reaches 15 feet tall in the perfect evergreen shape. These trees are big, bold, and beautiful, ideal for highlighting garden beds, or used as privacy screens all for just $179. The start of the rainy season is an ideal planting season. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott, where people who love perfect blue evergreens, they love to shop. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert Ken Lang. Join the conversation every week as he answers timely garden questions. Email Ken a question directly from your phone to his desktop through the web at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Now welcome back your host, Ken Lane. And so this week we actually had some severe cold weather, some hard freezes. Before, we just had some frost every once in a while. And the plants that were borderline, geraniums, your passion vines, a lot of these. Uh, I even had potato vine, which is unheard of to have potato vine even with any foliage in December. I mean, they usually go in October. Well, they've been hanging on because it's been so nice. Well, we had that one little cold front in October, and then it's been nice ever since. You know, I'll take it. But some of my annuals, these borderline plants, they were alive, but they were looking really rough. And I was really getting tired of looking at them. I mean, I had uh, um, petunias in full bloom underneath the protection of some other evergreen shrubs. I've got Eliagnus and Cotoneasters and Andinas, and they were underneath there. They're blooming away. They just didn't know it was winter. Well, not anymore. They're done. So, and they're they're not coming back. So, most every once in a while, a petunia will come back. If it's protected enough, but usually it's a hardcore 
annual. That is, it it blooms for the year and then it's done. One year annual, just annual. It's done. Perennials is it comes back year after year after year, bigger and better the next year than it did this year. That's a perennial, annual perennials. So a, a lot of plants, your perennials will look bad. They'll die back to the ground and they'll rest underground, but they're still alive. They're coming back. And so you'll prune back that dead spent foliage up top, but the roots will come back fresh, even bigger next year than it did this year. An annual looks the same way. It starts to die back. The foliage is brown, and but you don't know, is it alive under the ground or is it dead? What is it? And so if you're not sure if it's alive or dead, you just keep it. You kind of, you just watch it and you see if it'll come back. If it's an annual, it's not coming back. I mean, your geraniums, they're going to be gone. Um, alyssums and marigolds and all these other other summer blooming types of plants. So your zinnias, all my wildflowers. Wildflowers are perennials, mostly. Uh, they've gone to seed, but now they're all brown. They're looking pretty rough. I'm going to take a lawnmower to this this week, and they're going right back to the ground. I'm gonna, I'd rather look at bare ground than a weed patch that's gone brown on me. That's so It'll look beautiful next year, wildflowers. Uh, this is the time to seed wildflowers is when you do this. all. So, so I'll use a lawnmower just to spread all that seed around so I'll get even more wildflowers next spring. But for now, they're looking pretty rough. And the butterflies and hummingbirds are kind of done poking around in my wildflower patch. So it's, I think I could take them down and make the, that part of the gardens look mm, better. If you're not sure, so annuals and perennials, it seems to be confusing for some of you folks, especially from the tropical areas, so Southern California, the Tucson, Phoenix, Palm Springs, the, the, where you don't see four seasons, you're just dumbfounded. I mean, everything's an annual or a perennial there. They all come back. They always bloom 12 months out of the year. That's why we're trying to maintain them. If you miss a week, they start to overgrow because it's growing so fast. These are tropical kinds of plants. Well, we grow those plants up here in the mountains. We have bougainvillea up here. It grows. It does great. But in the winter, it dies because it won't go below about 30 degrees at 29. It just croaks. Going, I'm out of here. I'm not. I'm taking this cold. I'm out. In Phoenix, they come back year after year. So that's an annual up here, but it's a perennial where it's where it's more temperate. So you got two kinds of plants. What we do have up here are the perennials. The four season perennials. So a lot of folks in the more tropical areas, they, they would love to be able to plant a spruce tree. They would love to plant a lilac uh, or coreopsis or all these other beautiful grasses. These are all perennial plants up here. They're in reverse down in the deserts. So down there, they'll grow through the winter. They're just fine. They're happy as can be. As soon as the summer comes, they vaporize in the heat. They can't take that heat. So you need plants that are right for your zone. And up here in the mountains of Arizona, you need plants that are a zone, really five, six, or seven. So you, you higher elevation folks, the White Mountains, Williams, Flagstaff, you guys, you're cold. It's cold, really cold. So you're going to be a zone five. You need plants that go sub-zero. Zone six are plants that can go down to about zero. Zone seven, about 10 degrees. So these are real serious colds. It's a matter of how cold. So Prescott in the Central Highlands area, I would include that to be Sedona, Camp Verde, Prescott Valley, Paulden, 
Skull Valley, Kirkland, all this whole Prescott, of course, this central Highlands area. We're really a strong zone seven. As you go out towards Cordes Junction, Spring Valley, Dewey Humboldt, maybe you're a zone eight. So you got plants and go down to 15 degrees. So you, you folks that are in zone eight, you can grow plants that are in zone seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You can't grow plants that are in zone nine, above yours, so 9, 10, 11. So when you're shopping, let's say you're from Prescott, Arizona, you're shopping here at Waters Garden Center, you're reading that tag going, oh, I wonder if this will grow here. Well, first of all, if it's at Waters Garden Center, it's, we bring it in because it grows here. Uh, but will it winter over? Is it an annual or a perennial? When you look at that, you go, well, well, look, it's for zone seven. You're golden. If it says zone six, you're good. Zone five, you're, you're good. If it says zone eight, you're really borderline. Nine, 10, 11, that's Phoenix. It won't grow up here. So kind of watch which one it is. If in doubt, cut back the dead foliage up top and wait till next spring. It'll tell you if it's going to come back or not. And that's how you tell the difference between an annual and a perennial in your yard. The Mountain Gardener, your source for timely garden advice right for higher elevations. Guaranteed to make a difference in your yard this season. Look, if your wife, mom, or dad wants a sweater for Christmas, get them a sweater, not some piece of plastic. But if someone you truly care about loves their garden, a gift card to Waters makes perfect sense. Next spring, she could pick out exactly what they were hoping for. We all know it's not the same thing as a huge hanging basket or a fragrant rose, but hey, it's winter. Gardeners understand. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott and watersgardencenter.com. Okay, maybe after the same white elephant exchange, it's time to start a new holiday tradition. A living Christmas tree from Waters Garden Center can be decorated and enjoyed for a lifetime, not just a season. When the holiday festivities end, gather family and friends and plant your tree together for years of enjoyment. Or Waters will plant it for you, guaranteed. As your family tree grows, have a tree grow with your family from Waters Garden Center in Prescott. You're listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert, Ken Lane. Mountain gardening is very rewarding, with a few Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts sure to turn your thumbs even greener. Now welcome back to The Mountain Gardener. All right, so we are back with Ken and Lisa Waters Lane. Lisa comes in in the studio each week. She just shares her garden tidbits, those secret insider tips that no one else knows about. And I bring her in and shares that over the airwaves so everyone can see it. And then for our video podcast, folks, they get to actually see it live on the, well, through the internet. We're famous <laughs> on the internet in a good way. So anyway, this is, uh, we know <laughs> I know we sure try at least with new technology. To, there, there's a. Uh, technology out now that can can put your words into someone else's mouth or they can make you talk and it seems like it's live it's not it's totally staged Scary. they can put your face on someone else and it's hard to actually tell that's not right uh, they've got advertising out now where when you're driving by a business they can broadcast the radio signal through uh, let's say an ad on on, the, on your phone or through your phone through your car anymore they'll just start broadcasting hey come on down to waters garden center buy our plants while you're like come on down to home depot look buy some lumber 
they'll come down and they can just advertise it while you're going past or stuff. They know that much stuff about you. It's scary. Privacy's gone. I don't Brave know. New World. Is that what that? Is that oh. Brave New World 1984? Which which book was that? The I don't know. You're the reader. Dystopian future. Oh. But this remember. is, you know how you get past all that? Just go into the gardens. It's so much easier in the gardens. Leave your cell off. phone behind and just go in the No worries. No COVID out there in the fresh air. No Omicron, whatever. Chromiid, Percy I8. It's all uh it's all just fresh air and and well, this yeah. time of year cold. Cold so fresh at least air. in the morning. Mm -hmm. It's brisk. Quite. Quite brisk. So you've got uh, garden tidbits for us that you brought. I see a whole bunch of plants. We can keep going on technology and, you know, 30-year-old books. <laughs> Probably older than 30. Probably about 50. And how accurate they are. I mean, that's scary. Oh, my goodness. But, yes, Christmas. Let's talk Christmas because we're all finishing up that shopping. Yeah. Uh, we're also going to parties. So we're having to bring, we bring hostess gifts for people or the dreaded white elephant gift party. I, I got one of those. I have to host on Thursday or went next week. I just, you know, I forgot to tell you about that. I'm going to need two white <laughs> elephants. Like, what? Yeah, let's bring something nice. So they fight over that. So the dog See, but talking fish the on the thing. <laughs> I bring these lovely, wonderful gifts, and I walk away with the talking fish. It's just not right. They're a great grand grandkid gift. Mm, I don't know. Stop. Maybe whatever. you're just hoping. You're a gal that has one of the biggest. You own one of the biggest companies in in the county. You That's don't need the anything. The point is, I bring lovely gifts. Okay. And I walk away with a roll of toilet paper. Right. Seems like you're bitter over that. And we should go over these plants because they're they're okay. they're lovely. So yes. Yeah. So Christmas gifts, last minute gifts. These are nice ones you would want to receive. Right. Not that roll of toilet paper. So one of the things that I thought was really cute. These would be great gifts for teachers. Here, I'll hold uh, up so your can office. See it co-workers um so air plants or talantias what a cute little gift to bring to them super easy to take care of you just kind of throw them in some water once a week um so we have little air plants and then we have all That's kinds cute. of different holders so this one's a little hand holding the air yeah. plant 2.99 um, i mean that's like that's cheap. Anyone can afford that. I don't know how much the hand is. Talancia is just you know, three yeah. bucks. Okay, great. So we have different, we have like little macrame holders for the air plants, just all kinds of, of really neat Talancias. <laughs> I can't take them anyway. Um, <laughs> make, fun with the camera. <laughs> make perfect little gifts for people who have small your desktops, your office, things like that. Yeah. Kitchens, it'd be fun in kitchens. Cute as can be. Yeah. And Talantias, these air plants are so easy to care for. You just soak them in water like once a week. Once That's a all week. you do. Shake them out them. and off you go. Yeah. Don't take any dirt so they don't make a mess. So. And they're so affordable. Take one home for yourself yes. while you're giving it to someone else. <laughs> That's true. The other thing I thought of is Christmas cactus. Classic. And we just got a whole new shipment of Christmas cactus in. And throw it in a pretty little pot. We have hundreds upon hundreds of little decorative yeah, pots that match in any color, yeah. style, shape. That's so cute. what a nice gift. Throw that yeah. into a little gift bag or just throw a bow on it and off you go. And 10.99, you're ready to go out the door. This looks beautiful and substantial. Mm -hmm. I love the pot, the way it's a Southwestern decorative. Right. No one does indoor decorative containers well. Yeah. And so we said, we're going to fill that niche. We can mm -hmm. do this. We got the connects. 
with great styles. We've got the style that we're famous for, mm -hmm. but now we get the quality of, of the style yeah. and have a selection that's like over the top. And so we just put this mm -hmm. Christmas cactus inside this ceramic pot, but there's hundreds of pots like that. The other one we focus in are, are, are resort size pots. No one puts a big, big container that can grow things outdoors and won't break in the winter. Mm -hmm. We put high quality, bigger containers. We do that well. Sure. We've got the space to show it off. Mm -hmm. It's pretty. So that's another little option. How often do you water this Christmas cactus and how long will that bloom stay on there? Those blooms will probably stay for another four to six weeks. Some of it depends on your home. Yeah. Um, you don't want to overwater them because that's when they will drop their blossoms. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. If you overwater them. Here, I mean, at the store, we water maybe, maybe every two weeks. Really? Probably okay. a little bit longer. It's a little cooler in our houseplant room. But yeah. um, some of it's going to depend on the conditions of your home. But I'd say at least two weeks. Gotcha. Maybe so most, longer. a lot of folks are oh, killing like their houseplants with kindness. <laughs> yes. Yes. So I brought another cactus in. This is actually a euphorbia, but I love this plant. If you want an easy care plant to give somebody, and that would look really cool in that pot too. That's right. So uh, succulents and cactus, the euphorbias, so easy to take care of. So if you have people that are like, I can't grow anything. I have black uh, thumbs. Yeah. These are perfect <laughs> plants to give them because they cute. are so easy to take care of. Uh, and the color on it. How much is was that just, again? Is that like five, six, seven bucks? No, or? that one's a little more. It's, uh, that's the euphorbias. They grow really slow. I think yeah. the euphorbias are around $15. Okay. It's but, big. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you got to consider how long it took to get to that yeah. size. <laughs> it yeah. wasn't just yesterday. It was. These are indoor, indoor plants, not for outdoors. Mm -hmm. These are made for offices and, and right. homes, yeah. that kind of stuff. Maybe an RV that you oh, keep, sure. keep warmed up. Yeah. The dash, just go in the dash, just driving down the road, going singing do da 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 da. <laughs> and it's not, po I mean, it's a little pokey, but it's not like thorn yeah. pokey. But, anyways, just unusual plants like that. We also have African violets. Yeah. Uh, new shipment of African violets, really pretty pinks and purples and all those lavenders. So, that's also a really nice gift. You can put it into a African violet pot for somebody, and that would be a beautiful gift to give to someone. Um, also, another one I thought of, it'd be kind of cool if you do have a lot of gardeners in your life, give them some wildflower seeds. That's a good idea. Sure. It'd be a in really a stocking. cute little stocking stuffer. Yeah. Yeah, because we have we have individual wildflower seeds or we have some mixes that you can put into a little bag and give somebody because we're coming up on that time when it's get close to you putting know, your seed You out. can put your seed out now. If you can keep the birds off of it, you can put them out now. And they'll start sprouting in a couple months or so. But they mm -hmm. wildflowers, they need this this cold. Right. I mean, I was worried. It was too warm <laughs> for the plants out there. They yeah. need this cold. Our mm -hmm. plants in the mountains need need this cold. Definitely. So that's another cute little one. Uh, we have lots of other big house plants. We have shrubs and different things that still look really nice for those gardeners in your life that they love to get living things. Yeah. Um, the other thing you could do is just a gift card. From Waters Garden From Waters Center. Garden Imagine City. that. Or any place you, you, right. you think you, you retail. But, but mainly Waters yeah. Garden <laughs> You're in the Central Highlands. Yeah, from Waters Garden Center. <laughs> no, I just, I love gift cards for people because then, you know, maybe they're not ready to be outside right now doing stuff or they're not ready to get plants, but come spring. And how nice to have that little gift card that, you know, you can just go splurge on and have fun with that. Uh, we get, it's kind of fun. We'll have a lot of new folks moving here. And uh, this happens a lot. 
their friends that they were neighbors with up there, Seattle, Chicago, wherever, right. they do a Google search. Of course, we're highly ranked, lots of favorable, been around forever. And they see that we've got a, a good quality garden center and selling gift cards. They'll buy like a two, three, five hundred dollar gift card last month for their friend as a housewarming gift for their new house. Right. Because they know they're building there. They're going to need stuff. So anyway, mm -hmm. it's just fun to see all that. Yeah. Well, thank you, Lisa. That's great. Sure. Great news. Gifts for gardeners. Ken and Lisa Waters Lane here in the studio from the uh, studios of Waters Garden Center. The Mountain Gardeners. Be right back after this. Look for more tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts through Ken's website. Podcast the show. Read his weekly garden column. Or follow him on Facebook and Instagram at watersgardencenter.com. That's Waters with two T's, GardenCenter.com. Hi, Lisa here with the Plants of the Week and our Arizona Gold Euonymus. An excellent choice for colored hedges and as tough as they come. This evergreen displays bold gold, head-high foliage that grows even thicker when sheared. A single shrub makes a bold statement for just $27, but in rows they make excellent visual and sound barriers. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott, where people who love bold gold hedges, they love to shop. The Grinch went to Waters and couldn't believe his eyes. There were cut trees in every shape and size. He could take one home and then toss it after the season. Good! And then he saw living Christmas trees that grow and grow. So it seemed a good reason. A beautiful living tree and have waters plant it because of his bad knees. Have the merriest of Christmas from all of us here at Waters Garden Center. Welcome to the Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane. Gardening in the mountains is different. Listen to Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts guaranteed to make your gardens more beautiful than ever this year. Now for better advice that works locally, welcome your host, Ken Lane. So the garden center business has had a blockbuster run for two years in a row now, two springs, so two seasons. This is across the nation. So in Arizona, all my friends that own garden centers, they're just, everyone's sitting at home and they're decorating, they're gardening. It's something outdoors, it's fresh, they're, they're designed, they seem to have started indoors and they moved right out to the back patio, new sofas, new hedgerows, new, new privacy screen, new shade, new trees. So we're seeing that a lot. And we've had a record, I mean, just not just a little bit more than usual, but a lot more for November and the first part of December. We've sold a lot of trees. I know there's a lot of rooftops going up, lots of new homes. And, and a new home can be rather sterile in the landscape when you first move in. It, it takes three, four, five years for landscapes to start to mature and catch up to the neighborhood, the look and feel of those homes. So things are kind of small. So that you really do want to start. I mean, the best time to plant a tree was 10 years ago. The next best time, today. Just get them in the ground so they're starting to root. So you get to take advantage of that spring flush, spring growth, especially with evergreens. So your spruce, your pine, your firs, junipers, cypress, cedars, all these conifers. Conifers are the, the ones, or even broadleaf evergreens. So you got conifers are, they generally have a needle. And they're, they're pokey. Broadleaf evergreens are things that they're shrubs that have a leaf, but it's an evergreen leaf like red tip photinia, cotoneaster, nandina. There's a whole series of them that are evergreen shrubs 
or evergreen trees, and they're either conifers or broadleaf evergreens. That's how they're defined. Or, hey, I'm here, I'm here to shop conifers here at the garden center. You'll impress folks. I go, oh, wow. Uh, that beats the one that comes in that goes, I want that tree that looks like a Christmas tree. Well, yeah, that's a spruce. Got that. Let's show you. That's normal, actually. Most folks ask for it that way. Very few people say, yeah, I'm here to look at conifers. I'm collecting them. I'm going, whoa, that's pretty cool. Yeah, but that's the difference. So you can plant those right now no worries no problem these are plants that are very robust in fact they need to be in the cold we would never think it about about bringing those into a greenhouse they need to be exposed to have that freeze and thaw and cold cycle they like that it helps them to form new new buds new candle growth for next spring if you're putting them in the ground, there's a technique to it, though. You don't just chuck them in the ground. This is really hard for you folks in the Midwest. It just You're used to, to topsoil, and you don't need a pick and shovel. You just kind of let the shovel slide into the earth, and you open it up, and it receives more roots, and just everything grows so well. Well, that ain't the way it is here in the mountains of Arizona. This is rough. You've got caliche layers and granite boulders and topsoil that's like razor thin, if you have any at all. So you need to prep the soil a little better. You need to take more care. There's, there's more, I guess there's less mistake factor. You got to be more exacting when, you're, when you've got bad soil. And, and here's how you plant things. Here's how, if you're putting in a new holly tree or camellia, or a new spruce or pine or, or a new new privacy screen. This is this would be the time to put in a row of, of Arizona cypress because it's going to root out a little bit. But as soon as spring hits, even before spring, by the end of February or March, it's starting to root and it will start flushing new growth. And by the end of May, you've got this, you've got twice the tree. If you were to wait to plant that until next spring, well then it would be half the tree. It just wouldn't grow as much. It needs to be in the ground now to, to, to start the process next spring of growing. So especially important for bigger plants, a big evergreen, a big hedgerow. You're trying to screen out neighbors. You got a new hot tub. You're trying to make it more private. Whatever your scenario is, this you're okay to do that now. Here's how you prep the soil. You really want to dig the hole at the same depth as the root of the plant. It does not need to go deep. Roots, this taproot thing is a total myth. There are no taproots going down to the water table here in the mountains of Arizona. First of all, the water table is a thousand feet deep. So it's not going to put a thousand foot root down. What it does do is it'll take that taproot. It goes down about 18 inches then it hooks and it starts to run along the just underneath the ground because the way we get rain up here it's all at once and then it's dry so it'll be trained to look for search out the water throughout the yard as it as these rain events hit so the roots even on very mature very large uh, native trees the roots only go down maybe two three feet and then you see roots going out sideways always sideways no real taproot if you know this is how the plants work, dig the root the same depth as the root ball and three times the width. In encourage the roots to go sideways, to naturally just start growing that way. If you're going to do it anyway, let me help you. And so when you take all that soil out of there, you want to filter it. Some of you, all you have are rocks. There's literally no dirt. You need to screen down anything bigger than a golf ball. 
Get that junk out of there. In summer, it starts to heat up and it roasts the roots. And it just, there's, it doesn't hold any water molecules around something that big. You need smaller parts, smaller soil for that, for the roots to kind of grow through. It doesn't like rocks. So some of you will have to actually bring in some extra soil. You'll have to get a couple bags of topsoil to fill in all from all the rocks you had. But just screen it out. Some of you have okay soil. Some of you have caliche. This, this layer of gray, kind of rock-hard, cement-hard stuff. That, that's just junk. Get it out of there. We want the roots to grow. We're encouraging the roots to grow. What's left over, that native earth, that plant has to get used to that. We just want to help it. So you're going to add about 25% mulch or composted material to that native earth, and you're blending that together. It's known its entire life, this nice, rich soil that it's growing in, you got from the nursery, that's great. But then it's going into this junk, it's just, oh, it's going to be hard on it. It's going to go into shock. But if we can add some organics back into that, that's going to help it get used to that surrounding soil, keep the soil from compacting, encourage worms to come in, encourage mycorrhizal colonies. It just activates the soil so it starts to become alive. So about 25, if you hit a boulder or something, maybe as high as 50-50 and blend that together. Don't go any higher than that or it gets too soggy and wet and gross. And then you're going to blend all that together, put your, drop your root ball in, and then backfill around that root ball with that mulch native soil uh, mixture. When I'm all done with that, I'll pack it down as best I can. I'll sprinkle a handful, the recommended amount, depends on the size of the tree, I guess, of, of all-purpose plant food. It's a 744 organic food. And so every time you water, it's just going to add some nutrients to that root ball, encouraging, tickling that feet of, the, of those, that tree to start to, to root out, encouraging new root growth, increasing the, the new next spring's flower buds and leaf buds. When I'm all done, I'll water it in really well, with root and grow. It's a compost tea we make here at the garden center. It's, it's, it's got, looks like maple syrup, only it's stinkier, it's more earthy smelling. But plants, they love it. Oh my gosh. It helps stabilize that stress that it goes into, it helps encourage additional roots. And I'll do that that it's it's a it's a concentrate so you add it to your watering can and so water root and grow i'll add a i think it's three tablespoons and a gallon of water top of, and i'll just water in that that plant with that root and grow i'll do that every couple of weeks maybe two or three times and then it will just take off next spring it'll really take off now if you're planting now you'll need to water through winter you've you should be watering through winter anyway i know we got some moisture this week but you should be watering a couple times a month. Just pick a nice day and water it by hand if you need to. But that'll keep it hydrated so it encourages the new growth. Again, these plants don't shut down truly like they do in the Midwest. They're still actively, it's not frozen. It's, there's no permafrost. It's still actively growing. And so you want to keep that alive. And so keep that hydrated to encourage that so you have more candle growth coming out of those big screening Arizona cypress, more layers of growth out of those pine trees, more, more, I know, broad leaves out of your red tip photinia. That's how you plant a plant. Be right back after this. We've got more for you. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to local garden expert Ken Lane, the owner of Waters Garden Center. 
He can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center, located in Prescott, 1815 Iron Springs Road. Thanks for tuning in to The Mountain Gardener. Hi, Lisa with the plants of the week in our Austrian pine. We have instantaneous trees just in and ready for planting. This pine has the same long needles as our ponderosa pine without all the problems, and these trees are really big and bold. This is the fastest growing at the pines, and lots of sizes to choose from, but the $249 model is exceptionally big. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. For people who love big, bold pines, they love to shop. The holidays are here in the Christmas City, bringing family and friends together, and those chilly winter winds. While you're decorating the outside, don't forget to brighten your inside with exotic holiday plants from Waters. Beautiful poinsettias and Christmas cactus are coming to town. Grown exclusively for Waters in colors you won't find anywhere else. Unique, vibrant, and guaranteed to warm up even the dreariest of winter days. Check your list twice for all the holiday plants only found at Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. You've tuned in to The Mountain Gardener with local garden expert Ken Lane. Join him each week as he answers timely garden questions that are sure to make a difference in your gardens. Now welcome your host, Ken Lang. I was talking about how to plant new plant in December, January, in this winter month. This is how you do it any time of year, but you're really focused in on the evergreens this time of year. Although I did just sell four huge maples, they didn't have a leaf on them. But they wanted to grab them while they could. They had to get get their landscape done to be able to move in. It's a new community, the HOA said. And so we got them lined up, and they'll do great with that same technique. Same depth as a bucket, three times as wide, mulch, uh, all-purpose food, water in with root and grow, and watch it grow. I, did, I, I forgot to mention, though, this is especially important for your evergreens, the spruce and the pines, those Christmas tree-looking types of plants. I would encourage you to, to stake those. Just put two stakes, one on either side of the root ball. And, and here's the reason why. They're pretty heavy on their roots. And the top growth, they'll easily stand up there in the yard by themselves without stakes. It'll be fine. But what happens mainly in late spring, like March, we'll have these heavy, heavy snows. I mean, it snows up you know, eight inches, and it's just heavy. It's real wet. And so it loads up on top of that structure of that plant. They, they'll, you'll add 50, 60 pounds onto the top of that, that foliage, and it just kind of, bonk, tips over. It doesn't damage the tree. It just kind of lays over. And so if you stake it, it's going to send off some new root hairs, keeps it upright so those root hairs don't get broken. If, it, if in March, all of a sudden it loads up with a six-inch snow and then it falls to the sideways, you got to go out there and reset it, and then you lose... You lose, you step back because you got to reform all those roots. It breaks all those new root hairs. They're so fragile when they're first coming out. And so just for the first year, after that, they can go by themselves. And it just, I've seen that too many times. So whenever I'm planting a new uh, spruce tree or, or a pine tree in my own yard, a new juniper, Arizona cypress, I'll stake those for the first year and then I let them go. So that, anyway, that's kind of an insider tip. Wow, we covered a lot this show. We've got more for you. I can't believe there's only like two more shows left in the year. I'm already actively involved in 2022, so the pottery's on the on its way. 
Some weird things are happening in Asia. COVID's hitting Asia pretty hard. So factories are shutting down. And when those folks go back to their village, they don't come back to work. So the factory's having a hard time opening back up. So we're shifting gears to different factories. It just, it is a weird world we're living in. I've never seen this. Um, trees, we've got them all locked up. Although they zeroed out a lot of things. So I'm having to go, I found some incredible new peonies coming in. They should be here about February, March, somewhere in there. Some exotic new peony varieties. Never seen in sizes that are exciting. I mean, they're like instant mature sizes. So spring 2022, it should be pretty exciting. Just different. It's frustrating to kind of maneuver through everything. Trucking's a nightmare. So we're already having to fill entire semis up, which is hard on hard on your staff and they got to unload a whole truck, but it's fine. We'll take it. Every spring is a little different in the garden center business, but it's exciting. Should be a good year. So lots of new perennials. Uh, our tomatoes are coming. They were just started. You know, they're starting to come online. They're being plugged. They're not coming online. They're being plugged. So they're grown. So they're nice and full for you. So things are happening. Hey, to my uh, Jewish friends, I hope that you had a blessed Hanukkah that ended. What was that? The sixth last week? So to my uh, Christian friends, the merriest of Christmas. I think we can say that officially and just have joy in it. To everyone else, the happiest of holidays. We've been to two Christmas parties already this week, uh, going to two more next week. It's kind of fun to get back together again and just toast each other, share memories, enjoy presents, some eggnog, just kids. Uh, it's, it's, it's starting to feel kind of normal and then it's not. So I don't know what's up, but... To you and yours, a Merry Christmas. Next week, our start wishing you a prosperous new year. Throughout the week, Lisa and I camp out here at Waters Garden Center, and we love talking to fans of the show. Look, if your wife, mom, or dad wants a sweater for Christmas, get them a sweater, not some piece of plastic. But if someone you truly care about loves their garden, a gift card to Waters makes perfect sense. Next spring, she could pick out exactly what they were hoping for. We all know it's not the same thing as a huge hanging basket or a fragrant rose, but hey, it's winter. Gardeners understand. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott and watersgardencenter.com. If you want a more fruitful garden, increase success in your landscape that just feels better, then tune in every week to The Mountain Gardener. Years of tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts are guaranteed to make your gardens nicer than ever. Listen to this podcast or read Ken's weekly garden column by visiting watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Thanks for tuning in.